0: Good morning. I am uh, joined here with with Fran Reichert, um, who is in Florida and um, just a delightful human being. And I'm uh, I'm really excited. I uh, joined her on her podcast, and um, although this one will probably air before that one will, um, and I enjoyed the conversation so much that I um, wanted her to join us here on the Healthy and Happy podcast and um so Fran why don't you uh, take a second and introduce yourself and um, and then we'll jump in here
1: thank you so much for having me today i am so excited because as i've said a million times i loved recording with you i loved learning from you i learned so much about myself through your become happy become healthy and happy program so my name is fran and i started inspiring my generation of 501c3 nonprofit organization to save lives through mental health awareness, early symptom detection, and suicide prevention. This originally started as a blog when I was 12 years old. By the age of 10, I felt like I was never going to be happy. I started struggling with an eating disorder at the age of five. And by the time I was 10, I just started writing quotes, these positive quotes to help myself to get through the day, to get myself to keep going. And at 12, I launched it into a blog called Inspiring My Generation. And eventually, I started sharing lessons I was learning along the way about forgiving yourself, about making friends, about family and showing up for each other. And then when I was 15, it turned into a podcast called Inspiring My Generation. And really, the goal was to provide support and education and encouragement and inspiration to my peers trying to help them find happiness to find a direction to find purpose to find passion because again i felt like i wasn't I felt like i was going to live long i just was so deeply depressed and i didn't realize it at the time and then when i got to college it kind of turned back into a blog i wasn't doing it as much i felt super lost because i was this massive perfectionist so i had to do everything perfectly but at 17 years old i didn't know exactly who i wanted to be yet i didn't even think about life that far in advance so i was terrified i was overwhelmed i kind of forced myself to graduate in two years which i did and it was not an easy feat at all but through that whole time my grandfather really became my best friend and my staple My parents were separating. My life felt like it was falling apart around me, and he was my one constant support. So I FaceTimed him three times a day, every morning for coffee, every day after class to tell him about school and what I was learning, and every night for dinner. He even FaceTimed me to read through my notes before exams. So three weeks before I'm graduating with my bachelor's, he gets in a car accident and dies. Mm. And I still had two finals to go. I didn't know how to even take a final without him, let alone graduate and do life without him. I couldn't even get through a day without him at this point. And my life kind of just flipped upside down. And Christmas Eve, about one month and eight days later, I attempted suicide. I had spent so much time taking care of my grandmother and my cousins, and everyone around me that I never gave myself a chance to cope. So when I finally got to the holiday where we did everything together, that was really our holiday, I slept over and we would cook all day together and just get everything ready and suddenly he's not here and the world is still going and I didn't know how to keep going with the rest of the world. So I attempted suicide and my uncle was the one who really got me through it. My uncle Mark, he talked to me. He talked to me about therapy, about medication, about supplements, about mental health, about everything as a whole, and promised we would get through this together. 27 days later, I lost him to suicide. Mm. And my heart just shattered. He understood. And I didn't understand how much he understood, how deeply he understood. I ended up withdrawing from my master's program for that semester. To move in with my aunt and younger cousins and be there for them and take care of them because i felt so responsible i felt like i should have known and again i just never took time to cope it had been two months since i lost my grandfather and now i lost my uncle and the people who felt like my stability my home were suddenly gone I ended up attempting suicide two more times, hospitalized in a psych ward where I saw how many people were struggling, how many other people had felt that same way, that same depression, that same hopelessness who didn't want to be here, except they didn't have family coming to visit them. There were so many people on my floor and not one other person had a visitor. Mm. I had 10. And so many people couldn't afford to be there. I made a point to learn everyone's name and everyone's story, why they were there, what they were going to do when they got out. And so many people had been in the system so many times in that same psych ward over and over again, because they couldn't afford to be in the world. They couldn't afford to be there. They didn't come out of the psych ward with any new resources. They were just removed from it for 72 hours or a week or a month and then thrown back in and the world was still going. So it was there I decided I wanted to be a voice for those who lost theirs, but also a voice for those who were barely hanging on, that no one was listening to, that no one was advocating for. So I spent a year in recovery and therapy four times a week for a while, then down to two before I finally launched Inspiring My Generation as that 501c3 with the mission for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. And so far, we've launched initiatives like our Normalize the Conversation podcast series, as well as our Encouragement Card Program, where we donate between 250 and 500 handmade cards every month to patients hospitalized in psych wards to provide that love, support, and encouragement that I wish I had at that time, as well as workbooks. We've published two workbooks in 2021 called You Were Not Alone, a kid's version and adult's version, both meant to help. People learn how to cope with their emotions. No one teaches us how to cope. I mean, we're all going to deal with life stressors and you have no idea how to cope until you're forced to. And by that point, it's too late for so many. So that is me and inspiring my generation and the work that we do.
0: And you can see why, um, why I fell in love with Fran and why I am so, um, was so excited to have her join us. Um, and you're doing such great work, which is, which is really awesome. And um, we're going to talk about CORE today. And, um, and in particular, uh, we'll, we'll get into a pretty in-depth look at the E temperament. Um, In case uh, those of you that are familiar with CORE, in case you couldn't tell, um, Fran is a a primary E with a secondary C. And, um, and you can see that in, in the efforts that she's made in, in trying to cope with her, her own life um, and some of the challenges and also some of the, the frustrations that, that you felt in, in your inability to do things um, as well as, um, as you would like to be able to do them. The, the E-temperament is, E stands for exactness and um, and E's are motivated by doing things the right way, um, doing things well, perfecting things. E's are perfectors in our society, and um, and one of the you know one of the defining characteristics of the E is this drive to um, to excel, and you know there aren't very many um, there aren't very many twelve year olds that that, are, that, that start, um, start a blog and, um, and there certainly aren't very many 17-year-olds um, or 19-year-olds that, that get through a school that fast um, that are as purposeful and, um, and uh, exact in their attempts to try to, to cope with life. Um, how do you, you know, and, and, and CORE is kind of new to you. Um, but how do you feel like your, your enus um, has played out in your life and, um, and how do you, you know, as as we've talked a little bit about core, what have your thoughts been?
1: So enus has been really part of a root cause of my anxiety because I am a perfectionist to a T where everything has to be perfect. And I saw that a lot with school growing up, where I would have panic attacks before exams, where I would actually end up in the hospital at a young age, thinking I was having a heart attack because I couldn't breathe. I was so scared if I didn't feel 100% ready. And I was afraid of not getting an A. Like the idea of getting a B was terrifying to me because that would mean that I wasn't going to get into a top college, and then I wasn't going to have a top career, and then my life was over. So I was so aimed at this one goal that everything had to be perfect along the way to get to that goal. And if anything went outside that, it was too much to handle. So I would study more than any normal person would, where I would have hundreds of pages of notes, trying to figure out every single way a teacher could go with a question. Mm
0: -hmm. It
1: was intense. I would spend hours studying still to this day. I am constantly reading books. I read research books. I go through a minimum of four books a week, always trying to learn and see what I don't know, because I have to know. But as I got older, by the time I was in college, I was throwing up blood From that anxiety of having to be perfect. However, all of that stress of wanting to be perfect and get everything exactly the way I want it has allowed me to start inspiring my generation and start creating content that I wish I had because I've never satisfied with the way things are. And I always have to change it in the right direction or the direction that I perceive as correct.
0: That's actually a a really good way to say it. the, 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 the default approach for the e-brain, the e-looks at anything and sees how it could have been better, um, sees, uh, and it doesn't matter whether it's a conversation, whether it's how to do the laundry, how to load the dishwasher, um, how to take care of a dog, um, how to study for a test, um how to have a relationship, how to have sex. It doesn't matter what it is. The the E brain naturally looks at anything that has happened and sees how to make it better. Uh, I should have said this, you know, it would have been better if I would have gone this way. Um, And when one of the things that, that e's have to manage is that when an E doesn't feel like they can do it the right or the best way, um, a lot of times they'll get stuck. And they'll, they will feel like they can't um, or they'll postpone or they'll, they'll wait until they, they can do it the, the, the best way. And we ease have a really hard time doing something halfway. How have you seen that in your life?
1: When I feel like, for example, going back to work IMG does with blogs, I read all these research books. I um, look up research, I read all these different articles. And if I feel like I still don't understand the topic enough to produce quality content that could help someone, I will just freeze. I will break down. I won't know what to do. And until I can get myself wrapped around that topic enough, a topic that maybe I don't have any real life experience with, and I don't have any knowledge before reading all these books and reading all these articles. that if I can't grasp it right away, I can't put that content out. I freeze. I break down until I get to a point where I can calm down again and start over. And I start over from scratch because it has to be the best. I can't just assume I know enough now. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and a, a couple of key points there. One is, um, well, two things that are kind of, uh, my brain's trying to go down two different roads. One of the biggest strengths of the E is this ability to slog through. Um, E's, E's have a perseverance that is unlike any other temperament type. Um, E's will, you know, they'll swim upstream, they'll cut cross grain. They have tremendous force to, to be able to do and to keep going and keep going and keep going in order to do it the right way. Um, and they, they will put forth monumental effort. Um, so that's, that's one, one thing from what you said, the the other thing that, uh, that I'd like to explore a little bit more is, um, in your life, the, the line between what's, what, what, what's been the difference between times when, um, when you're, when that E strength of like continuing forward, like being in, being in the psych ward and, um, and getting to know everybody and, you, you know, turning outward and, and um, finding everybody's story and, and using that as motivation to continue forward. What have been the moments in your life where where it has gone that way versus moments where where this inability or worry that you weren't going to be good enough or do it well enough has broken down into anxiety?
1: Does that make that sense? That happens. That does. And that happens to me almost every single day. My dad gets that phone call once a day where I'm like, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I am terrified of not being good enough. That is like the root cause of my depression where this giant fear of not being smart enough, not being loud enough, not being forceful enough, not being approachable enough, not being brave enough, all these little pieces that, or what if I do something wrong? What if there's one small thing that I missed a small detail? That's a key detail. And i break down once a day of that stress because I want to do it so badly, but I don't want to just do it. I want it to be perfect. Whereas around me, there aren't a lot of ease. They're more, they just want to get it done. So my dad, on the other hand is an R. So he just wants it to be done and he'll do it to the best of his ability. But the goal is to have it done today. Whereas my goal is to have every single piece of detail done and ready before I make that next step. Done so it right can way. take him. Exactly. It can take him a couple hours and me a couple months.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so how, um what goes on inside as you vacillate back and forth between those two things, um, beating yourself up and, and keep continuing forward.
1: I have this point in my mind where I go from falling apart where I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm failing. I'm failing everyone around me. Anytime I see, um, the news where a child dies by suicide that's one of those things that really gets me and i'm like i'm not helping anyone it's still happening every day i think it's every 18 seconds someone dies by suicide and i'm just failing every 18 seconds over and over again and i live by every small detail and statistic so eventually i'm breaking down i go for a walk. I have to be outside. Being inside just makes me even more tense. So I go outside, I just breathe and a point in my head switches where it's like, maybe right now you don't feel good enough, but if you don't fight, who else is fighting? How many people are fighting? And maybe there are so many people fighting and maybe there's not, but if I'm not fighting, then I'm not a part of it and I'll never be good enough. And this will continue happening, and it can get worse. So it's like that fight between: I'm just not helping anybody, and if I give up now, I'm still not helping anybody. So it kind of pushes me forward.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I think this is one a, a really good example of of the importance of understanding personality and temperament, um, because. I think, you know, I, I I think you're beating yourself up too much. Um, And I, and I think that um, there's, there's a fine line and this, this happens a lot with ease in parenting and in relationships. Um, There's a fine line between this could make it even better. And this isn't good enough. Right. So, um, so several years ago, I went on a, a mountain bike ride with, with uh, my brother-in-law and um, who is an E and this was an an amazing mountain bike ride. It was just beautiful, spectacular. We saw two beaver dams, huge aspen trees. It was, it was amazing. We finished and I said, wasn't that a great ride? And he said, yeah, you know, that was really fun, but it would have been better if we would have gone counterclockwise. And, and that's that's how the e-brain works yeah. there's there's always something that could make it better and 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 one of the keys is not allowing that fact and that strength of the e-brain to see how something could be better to to then mean that what was or what is isn't good enough and he's he's probably right that ride might have been or may have been better if we would have gone counterclockwise by some standard, if that's, you know, the descent or the write up or the view or whatever, there was something in his brain that, that was thinking, you know what, by this standard, this would have been better if we would have gone this other way. Understanding that as, as the strength of the E brain, instead of a reflection of me not being good enough. Is really important and can be a really powerful tool to separate your, your feelings of worth from the f- how your brain works. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And that's such a hard line because when you get to that point of looking where it could have been better, it could have been better. It's like, I'm not Doing better every time because everything that happens, it's always this could have been better, this could have been better, this could have been better. So get to that point where it kind of, at least for me, became my identity of I could constantly be better, and yet I'm not. Therefore, so I'm not, I'm not enough.
0: Yep. So, what's a healthier belief there?
1: That I am learning day by day and growing day by day. So right now I may not feel like I'm doing enough or that enough has changed or happened, but I'm one step closer.
0: Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good, a, a good alternative belief. Um, I also think it's probably important to understand that, that you're never going to get to a point where your brain will think it's done because that's, that's not how your brain works. Um, there will always be something that you could do to make it better. And so if, if, you're, if you're expecting to arrive, at least during this life, when we're imperfect and we're surrounded by imperfect people, if you're expecting to, to, to become or come to a point where your brain will say, that's it. That is the perfect thing right there. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. You're, it's like you're striving for something or I'm striving for something that doesn't exist because nothing will ever be perfect.
0: And, and therefore, if that's, if that is your marker of success you're always going to feel like you're not good enough. That makes sense. It does. So what, what then are healthy markers of success given the reality of who you are?
1: For me, I found that at least thus far, the small things, if one person Reacted positively. If one person enjoyed the podcast, if there was one listener, if there's 10 listeners, as long as there's one that maybe it's helping one person, instead of looking at that, I'm going to help every single person as much as we all want to, it's very unlikely that you're going to help every single person and save every life. But if you have the chance to impact one, I just look at that one instead of the global level.
0: Yeah. And Another thing that's really frustrating is is the fact that um, you can't control everybody, right? If you could just If you could just make everybody do it the right way, then you could save everybody. right?:
1: Yes. And that drives me crazy when it's people around me who I'm like, "But if you just did this, or if you just listened to this?" And they don't want to do it. And I can't force them to do it. I'm like, but please, like just do this. But if they don't want to, if it's not within their personality, it's not within their goals. It's just they don't have time. There's so many factors that leads if a person decides to do something or not. And when they don't, it increases my anxiety because I'm like, not only am I just not helping everybody, I'm not helping the people who are right in front of me who I can help
0: yeah and that that is also one of the one of the frustrations for anybody that is in the business of trying to help people um, it's really it's really challenging to to do what you can do and and to find enjoyment and satisfaction and fulfillment from that and to not get consumed by what you can't do and exactly. and to make room for other people's agency and the decisions that they make and the right that they have to make those decisions just i mean just like you were talking about with your dad recognizing that he's an r <clears throat> and rs are motivated by getting things done where you're motivated by perfecting things and doing them the right way he's motivated by getting them done and so he's not going to care if every, you know, every T is crossed and every I is dotted. He's not going to care if it's, if it's done perfectly, because that's not what, what drives him. And, and that again, I think is one of the most important things about understanding temperament and personality is that there are these aspects of our temperament that are not changeable. And, and that is, the, the part that drives why we do what we do. And, um, and he will always be driven by resolution, and you will always be driven by making things better. And, and that brings richness to society because ours bring movement and they create, and they, they get things, they provide the propulsion to get things going and ease provide perfecting things, improving things, bringing quality. <clears throat> and if we were, if we were surrounded by ours, then, then we would never bring quality and other things to the, not that ours don't do things well, but, but that's, that, that's the the contribution that ease make. And if we just had ease, then we wouldn't get nearly as much done because what, you know, what your dad can do in two hours you take two months to do. And, um, and there are some things that are better done in two hours. <laughs> and, and then there are other things that you don't want. Um, you don't want something to be done fast. If precision matters, right? Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I would like those of you that are listening, especially the other E's out there to, um, to, to notice is that, you know, many of you are probably thinking, Holy cow, you know, she's feeling uh, crappy about herself and she's feeling like she's not enough and look at all the good that she's doing. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that I would like to, for, for the rest of you to see is that, that this, this, this is, this is a dynamic that exists internally Regardless of of where you are in life, or or what or what's going on in your life, and um, you know, Fran, you really are a really great example of doing, and uh, and getting a lot accomplished, um, and and doing a lot of things well, and and yet you still are are struggling to feel like you're enough.
1: Yeah, and. I think that's the hardest thing because I compare myself to other people all the time. And I'm like, look how much they've accomplished. And it looks like they're doing it with ease, right? Because you only see the side of celebration, of announcing. You don't see the hours and months and years of endless work that gets to that point. And it's so hard, especially when you are an E where it looks like everyone's doing it so gracefully and so perfectly. And they they don't struggle. They don't break down. They don't have these thoughts because they're not sharing that side. And it's really hard to realize that it's kind of, it's human. It's human to fall apart sometimes. A,
0: a, a really good point. Everybody struggles. I've been working intimately with people for for twenty five years, and um, and the reality is that everybody struggles. I've had so many moments across the years where somebody will be like, we'll use somebody else as an example, you know, look how together so-and-so is, or, or look at how great their life is, or look at how great their marriage is, or look how wonderful their kids are. And only, only to have that very same person in my office, two hours later, um, working through the frustrations of their lives. And the reality is that life is hard. And it is normal to struggle. It's normal to feel like you're not good enough. It's normal to struggle to have a healthy relationship. It's normal to feel lonely. It's normal to feel isolated, especially, you know, we're we're coming up on two years in this pandemic. And um, and we're all a little fatigued with some of the loneliness and isolation. And, and so it's, it's, you're not alone in this and it's, it's normal to struggle with these things. Mm -hmm. Um, What else have you noticed in terms of um, you, you mentioned some things when we talked the other day um, in terms of some of the interactions from, from a a personality or a, a core perspective in the relationships in your life. You mentioned your dad.
1: Yeah. So another example is, I guess my mom I'll start with. Um, She's an O, which means that she's more motivated by making a decision at the time. She lives in the present versus I have to have everything planned ahead. So I want to know what we're going to have for dinner I always in advance so I can prepare myself. I can look at the menu. I can see what I'm going to order. I need to know ahead of time. So on Friday nights, my mom and I have dinner every Friday night. And I always ask her ahead of time, what do you want to eat? What are you in the mood for? And she's like, right now, nothing sounds good. I'm like, but you have to know what you want to eat and have some kind of idea. But she genuinely doesn't. And this whole time up until I spoke with you, I thought she was doing this. To drive me crazy, to make me get all anxious and upset and think it was funny. But she genuinely, nothing feels good and right to eat until she is hungry and ready to go to dinner. And then she knows what she wants. But if that's not what I planned for, it is so complicated. So her and I have that dynamic where we have Friday night dinner planned, but I need to know hours in advance what we're going to eat. And she needs to know when we get to the restaurant, what we're going to eat.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's actually a perfect example for, for, for both. So, so that's the kind of planning that owes like knowing, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go to dinner with Fran every Friday night. Um, And, and then I get to decide Friday morning or Friday evening, or maybe when we get to the restaurant, what we're going to do or what I'm going to eat, that's, that's perfect for the O because the, the O brain hates to, uh, so boredom is huge for the O brain and, um, and also missing out. And so it becomes really difficult for the O to plan because the O doesn't want to commit to something and then end up either having to break that commitment or end up tied into doing something that they don't, that they no longer feel like doing. And, and so understanding that and, and her understanding how your e-brain works and wanting to be prepared and wanting to be able to whatever that. So a, a really important aspect of the E also is recognizing that, that what the best way is depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And so, with dinner, if you're trying to, if your goal is, is healthy, then, then what the best dinner is, is going to be different than normally, than if, you're, if your goal or your objective is making sure that you're in a good environment where you can enjoy the connections, which is also going to be different than if your goal is to um, really enjoy the flavors or, or have a certain kind of cuisine. Right. And so if your goal is um, is connection, then you, then what are you going to be thinking about? You're going to be thinking about maybe how quiet a restaurant is or if they have a place where you can um, kind of huddle up and, and listen and, and communicate. Um, versus if you're looking for healthy or you know maybe you have a, a, an exercise planned for Saturday morning and you don't want to eat something too heavy then what the best thing is, is going to be different. Right. And so making accommodations and recognizing that sometimes the rub between what you think is the best way and what somebody else might be trying to accomplish, that rub might be a difference in objective. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, exactly. And with the different objective, we need, I need a different plan. I need to know ahead of time, but we're going to follow this. And if I am in my head thinking that I want something really healthy for dinner Friday night, and we're not making a decision until last minute Friday, and it's not somewhere I can get something really healthy, or my healthy option is limited to lettuce with tomato, right. it's not going to be easy for me to adjust. And then it causes more of a rift in our dinner.
0: Right. And then the, the connection that you hope. So as a primary C, you're also motivated by connecting and by being comfortable and um, and not being able to plan or to know what to expect is uncomfortable. Right. And and then if if your brain is frustrated with your mom because she's been difficult, then the connection which you were hoping to accomplish with this Friday date night is is also going to be compromised, and and then you're going to be frustrated that that you're not getting the outcome that you that you were hoping to get,
1: exactly. right? Exactly.
0: Yeah, isn't this fascinating? I just think it's fascinating. Um, I also think there's there's tremendous power in understanding how how you interface, because then you can go just like you said, you can go from interpreting. Your mom's hesitancy from just being stubborn or difficult to oh, this is how this is how her O brain works, and she's she's not making a choice to do that. That's the default way that her brain works. Um,
1: exactly.
0: I have a similar dynamic. My uh, I I'm an O C, and um, and my oldest daughter is an E O. And, and so I'm, I'm sure that she has some of those same frustrations that you have in interfacing with your own mother. And, and then my wife is an R and where well, your dad is an R. So she probably feels a lot of your pain.
1: It's definitely fun to have all these different personality dynamics within the family and learn that it's actually their personality and who they are and how their brain works. And it's not everyone's just trying to annoy each other. But what was really funny, Friday after we recorded, I was telling my parents about it. And I was telling them about like me being an E versus my mom being an O, my dad being an R. And um, a few minutes later, I got into a car accident and not a bad one. Everything was fine. But um, my dad had said to me not to drive on the highway when it was raining. So I drove on the highway when it had finished raining. And to me, that was okay because he was very specific. (laughs) And he was very specific too. When they taught me how to drive, it was foot on the brake. It wasn't foot on a certain point of the brake, like the ball of your foot on the brake. So my toes were on the brake. So when I hit someone's car in the rain, my parents were like really upset at first, but then they were thinking back to it and they're like, well, what did you think? So now they've been starting to realize over the past week that, or past four or five days, that I take everything so literal. It's not me ignoring them or not listening. It's you say something and I'm going to do exactly what you say.
0: Right. Yeah, yes. And and that's, the process is huge. Um, the e-brain is looking for the best way the best process, and then they want to be able to replicate it. Okay. So this is how you drive. This is how you break. And they, that predictability and and confidence in knowing that if I do a plus B is always going to equal C and it, and it's hard if a plus B sometimes equals C and sometimes equals B and sometimes equals X. And that, that is really frustrating because, The E wants that kind of predictability and wants to, um, you know, if it's golf, it's to perfect the golf. If if I do this with my shoulders and I do this with my waist and my arms, that I'm going to be able to get that trajectory the same every single time. And it's it's hard when you think that A plus B should have equaled C and this time it didn't. And then you find out that, oh, there was actually, it's A plus B times 0.5, Then you get C, right?
1: Yes, and hence the terribleness of physics and calculus classes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's really funny, Um, and and such a good example. You know, I yeah, I part of my brain here um, really wants (laughs) wants you um, wants you to feel better about yourself. Um and um I you know I I just uh I I want you I I want you to understand some of these things so that you can rewire some of those beliefs that are um, that are unnecessarily making you feel um poorly about yourself. Um, on one hand, you're such a good example of allowing your enus and also some of your pain to propel you forward and, and to do goodness. Um, you're, you're planning on um, kind of shifting gears a little bit in your, in your studies and, and why don't you share what your plans are?
1: So, I am start- So, I did a master's in information systems operations management and a bachelor's in management. And then I, that was my plan. I was going to go into coding. It did, turned out I didn't like coding, but that was my plan. And after everything happened, I realized that with IMG, psychology is what I want to do in research. So, from wanting to sit in front of a computer and code all day, to wanting to do research and learn more and explore, I decided to start a master's and then PhD. So I'm attending Pepperdine in January of 2022.
0: Yeah, and and so it's it's you're a great example of of using that drive to excel and and improve and move forward to to continue with your education, to shift gears in your education, to continue to to work toward your goals and objectives that you have, which is really awesome. Um, and at the same time, if you can tweak a little bit of your, of your thinking around the enoughness, um, then, then you'll be able to, to continue to do that without the collateral anxiety and um, self um, punishment that, um, that comes from this particular, because it sounds to me like, like a core part of that is coming from a belief that is temperament based that is not going to change. And so if you don't change the way that you think about this, then you're on a course to feel like you're not good enough for the rest of your life, regardless of what you accomplish, regardless of how many degrees you have, regardless of how many people you do help, regardless of, of how much money you make or how many lives you bless, you're, you're in a, a cognitive conundrum that doesn't give your brain an avenue to feel good about yourself. Yes. Does that make I sense? Am.
1: Yes, it does. And that's why with everything I do with IMG, if you like if you really like look at every single piece, a lot of it is rooted in you are enough. So most of the merch that comes out says you are enough. And that's what I wear every day. I mean, I'm wearing one right now with affirmations. My workbook is focused on coping with these emotions and these reminders that you are enough, that you're amazing, that you should be proud of yourself and the workbooks that I published are literally workbooks that I made for myself to get through and to cope and to understand. So every single piece of what I do is rooted in that trying to help myself get out of that you were not enough mindset.
0: <clears throat> okay, so how do, you, how do you bring these together in the fact that for your e-brain, there will always be more. And, and that is an unchangeable part of your brain. How do you bring that together with I am enough?
1: I try to celebrate the small things, which I usually wouldn't. When I, um, I launch the workbook, for example, everyone around me is used to me. Producing things and doing well. I said I was going to do college in two years. I did college in two years. I said I was going to learn coding. I got my master's information system. So, everyone's used to me setting the bar high and going higher and above. Um, I said I'm going to read. I'll read four books a week. So when I released the workbook and I shared it with everyone, people were like, "Oh, cool." No one else was celebrating because they're not used to me celebrating. they they know I'm already ten steps ahead on. The next thing I need to do, the next thing I need to produce. So, learning to say, you know what, guys, like, let's actually celebrate this. Like, this is a big deal. I know it doesn't seem like it because we're used to this. This is what I said I was going to do, and I did it. But let's celebrate. So, even by myself, just going through the workbook and looking at how much I learned while making it how much I learned when I first started where I was before I made it, before I used it for myself, before I launched before every single piece where I was and where I am now and celebrating that instead of focusing so much on, well, whose hands am I going to get this into? How many people can I get this to? How many people are going to benefit from it? What's the demographic that's going to benefit from it? How can I change this to make this demographic benefit from it? So trying not to just focus on that piece which I do a lot. Um, but celebrating those small pieces that maybe no one else saw along the way.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really good. Really good. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me. I've been fighting this stupid cough for so long. Um, I think also if, if I can, if I can give one little thought, um, if you can incorporate into your thinking, the fact that the E, the E is all about the journey Um, and, and recognizing that you always will be thinking, oh, you want, this would be better. This, this would get at this demographic. If I tweaked this, I I, I want to tweak this. Um, This would, this would get into this population if X and, and recognizing that that is what, that journey and that process and that refinement is what brings satisfaction to the e brain. And that there, there is no such thing as a finished product for the e brain. And if you can, if you can really find enjoyment in the pursuit rather than the completion. It will be a really a really good fit for how your brain naturally works.
1: Yes, I agree. And one thing I've noticed within myself that makes sense of what you're saying is I plan every single piece beforehand and it has to flow within that. So the journey is already written down, and that's it. And learning to Maybe not have such a giant plan beforehand and let things change instead of stressing every time it's not A, B, C, and it's A, C, E, B.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Well, I, um, I have really enjoyed this time with you. Uh, fantastic to be able to spend, spend some time with you. And, um, I just, I I think you're an amazing human being. And, and the the mission that you're on and the work that you're doing is is so needed and so fantastic and it's it's really awesome that you know um, and I and I think there's some unique things about your generation um, and your demographic that that are um, that really need what you're doing and normalizing the conversation and um, you, your generation is better at having that conversation than other generations and, and the work that you're doing is just so awesome and admirable. And, um, and I encourage you all to go and, um, and check it out, check out the work that she's doing at inspiring my generation um, on Instagram and uh, be supportive of, of what, um, of what Fran is doing. Um, What kind of, uh, last thoughts or, um, or ideas or whatever, would you like to share?
1: If you are like me and you feel like you're not enough and you're not accomplishing anything, first of all, it's okay. And it's normal. And you shouldn't feel like you're the only one in the whole world who feels that way, because I know that's how I feel 24 seven. Like everyone else is celebrating and doing so well. And I just feel stuck you're not stuck and you are doing it even if you can't recognize it right now. So start celebrating the small pieces because the small steps are really big steps in the end.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. And I I hope everybody listening has a good day and I'll see you next time.